Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we have our friend, the world-renowned photographer, Zhang Jingya, on to catch us up to speed on what she's been up to for the past few years since our last episode together. Jingya and I talk about her recent focus on business and how this new learning experience has opened up a new chapter in her life. We talk about her latest work and how she navigates the wild world of client relations. So here we go, everyone. Episode 173 with Zhang Jingya. Let's roll. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, thank you for being here. And um, yeah, I'm super pumped to do this with you because it's like we uh, I took your class, uh, your Learn Square class, mm-hmm. and it was a lot right. of fun being able to like, you know, we had built that class and it was, you know, like it was a lot of work for you and and, and vice versa, <laughs> you know, is it's building the class is never an easy, easy journey. It's It's a lot more work than I think people are cognizant and aware of. So yeah. it was really yeah. cool just getting a chance because I I uh, was just doing my last film and I was like, you know, I should mm-hmm. brush up on some of these, uh, see kind of what you have experienced and, and things. And mm-hmm. some of the, some of the stuff actually really helped save me, I think some headache, which I was really stoked on. So, Oh, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. So thank you for that. Which Appreciate part did you find uh, most helpful to you? Um, the one thing I was thinking it was really important was like your import, your like emphasis on safety and making sure everybody's mm-hmm. safe and stuff. Cause in yeah. my in my film there's like this glass box that my model is laying on and and I was thinking oh it'll be fine and she's pretty mm-hmm. light but I was like okay wait hold on now I need to rebuild the box and reset things and give some like support so that just in case so she doesn't fall through and then yeah then we have a disaster <laughs> on our hands so yeah 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 i think when um a lot of times we do personal projects and uh we work in a small crew on our own just it's something that's easy to overlook, you know, but, um, it's a big part of production. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that with this, it was, you know, I, I kind of was just, yeah, it's when you do a project at home or whatever, which is where, where we filmed it, it's, you kind of yeah. think of it like, all right, it's just my house and yeah, everything's okay. You know? And, but then <laughs> they're like, Oh no, it's actually, it's best to be as professional as possible and, and make sure that it's going to be, um, something that is going to be safe and stuff. So safety. And then yeah. also like making sure you have the proper documentation in line and that kind of stuff was really good. Um, yeah. just, just to make sure that everything's cut covered and cleared and, and mm-hmm. like, you know, all that kind of fun stuff too. So Oh, that's cool. And gear too is cool. Like I was like, oh yeah, I should try and do that. I mean, we we use the the A7S uh, Mark II, I guess you'd call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's a great camera body. It's awesome. I don't have you used yeah. it before? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, personally, amazing. I've just been using the Pentax. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you don't use cool. can- you don't know. use Canon body. So you- uh, not not anymore. I used to, but um, I've upgraded to the medium format, so I haven't used Canon since. Uh, yeah. Camera. Okay, I haven't even heard this Pantex camera. So what is this exactly? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a medium format, and um, it uses the same sensor I think from Sony as the Sony medium format and the one of the Hasselblads. So I thought uh, you know that's that works for me and. The price was really good. Like, uh, I think I got a secondhand body for like five thousand dollars or something. Oh, okay. Um, 
yeah, which is like cheaper than my previous Canon camera. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, what, were, yeah. what were you using prior to this? What camera? What camera were you using? The, what uh, body? I was use I was using the One DS Mark Three. So oh. uh, I think that's like eight years ago. Yeah, but at that time it was like the highest megapixels for the DSLRs and stuff. Oh yeah, so, so the was, one was the good. one is like the highest, right? I have a five D Mark II. I don't even keep, pay attention to all this stuff, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I probably I'm should. It, there's so much, you know. I, I I've heard of Pentax, but Pentax P E N T A X mm-hmm. if people are interested. Um, but yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really. I don't know. I don't. I've never really paid attention to it. So this one mm-hmm. is what thirty six megapixels or more. Is it like? Uh, pretty- I think it's fifty or Whoa. it's a forty something. Uh, yeah, it's the Pentax six four five Z. These are huge photographs. I guess you need uh, it though, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly upgraded. Uh, yeah, it's fifty one point four megapixels. Wow. Um, yeah, because I was, you know, uh, actually, yeah, I upgraded around the time we were we were talking because uh, I, I was thinking about doing more fine art work and uh, gallery stuff back then. So I thought it's time to kind of upgrade the the camera system I was using. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess, I mean, uh, that's one thing I appreciate about what you're doing. Like, it seems like you find a good balance between, you know, the right gear and what works for you too. And that's something that's really kind of hard to find. And you only kind of discover that through the time of using these different, these different devices, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, this works for me or that doesn't like certain lighting setups or whatever, but I get, you can't really cheap out on the body and especially the glass, right? So you got to make sure your lenses are like, as best as possible so yeah that's yeah. cool yeah i have to look into that i've heard about those cameras but um yeah i haven't really gotten a chance to check them out so it's kind of like a a baby hasselblad i guess or no it is the same kind of sensor or something like that um, I guess. it has the same sensor as uh one of the hasselblads not no not their higher ends i think but as an entry level is significantly cheaper than the hasselblad and and the sony ones so yeah. i was like you know, it uh, makes economical sense, and um, who knows how much of a difference it really makes for me. So I upgraded to it, um, and yeah, I, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a pretty big camera yeah. too. Awesome. Um, since the last time we've we've had you on here in the show, what's mm-hmm. what's been some significant um, kind of things for you in your life that's happened since then? Um, well, it's like. It's been two years, huh? It's like quite a lot of things happened, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when we talked, it was really a period where I was trying, kind of going through quite a bit of change. Um, so right after that, we did the Learn Squared class together. Yep. And um, I told you I was sort of trying to do a startup idea. Um, and then, so I went to Stanford and did a business course there, uh, and which was which was very eye-opening for me. I think just interacting with really amazing professors that like uh, the dean of our program was on the board for the Google founders when you presented Google as a thesis kind of thing, you know, like people who have really been there for years and years and just learning about um, the process of innovation, right, and creativity. And I think that was very different than the things we learn in art too because, you, cool. you know, for us, especially when we're freelancers, like we, I think it's important to know like our all areas of the whole process, right? From, you know, like how to run it and uh, understanding a bit of like finance or um, all sorts of stuff. So, so yeah, very, um, very life changing for me. (laughs) Yeah. That must've been interesting. What are some key takeaways that you got from that experience? Um, 
Uh, one, uh, there were quite a lot. Um, we we had uh, different classes from the beginning of like you know just studying up an idea, and uh, we ran a project parallel to the coursework we were doing to kind of apply it to yeah. like do a mock startup idea. Cool. So we go from learning about like um, like doing market games to understanding finance, doing accounting and uh, which was very interesting actually. Um, and, uh, you know, branding and marketing, uh, things that maybe I don't think of um, on my personal scale because I, I run a smaller business, right, as an individual. Yeah. But it's interesting to look at these things and break down, say, um, uh, for example, doing one marketing class, they were talking about like, oh, uh, uh, there are things customers want or clients want. And then um, there are things that you can provide, but everyone offers different uh, different strengths to, to a client, right? And you can actually draw up a chart, for example, and kind of narrow down what kind of clients uh, don't care so much about your shortcomings, right? Because it's impossible for us to fulfill everything on like mm. good and cheap and fast, for example. So what kind of clients do you narrow down to that? I was like, oh, this is a very interesting approach because for us, we always work from one way of like, um, well, can we just put out there and then try to look for clients, right? Yeah, that's so, interesting. So this was a, this was, yeah, a very interesting way was to, to see how bigger corporations kind of system, systematically create uh, a product, create its market and um, market correctly to its own demographic. Hmm. Um, we also did uh, presentations. So before this, I think, um, I'm not sure if you saw me when uh, I spoke at Creative Juice, but in the past, when I did talks, I used to kind of read from a script because I was not very confident. Mm-hmm. But after we did the public speaking and like pitch that class, I, I think I became a lot more confident in the way I teach mm, and good was, yeah. And I think it really, it really helps the overall experience a lot for everybody. Not, not just myself, but also for, for the audience. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of very, you've done very some more talks then since then. Um, yeah, I actually recently did a talk, uh, a public one in, in Japan and, uh, with the, the company that publishes CG world. So they do a lot of, um, 3d, uh, and animation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a magazine. Yeah. And, uh, so talk to people who work in video games and movies and, uh, also at the same time, um, through the same organizers, I did a talk at Square Enix. So I was super excited because, you know, I was like really inspired by Yoshitaka Amano and the things he did for uh, like Final Fantasy or uh, even older stuff. Yeah. And so, awesome. I mean, he, he was not there, but, you know, talk, talking at Square, I was, uh, yeah, I was like, fuck at this item. I didn't even know I had. Good for you. Quick. And it went well then? You had a good time? Yeah, yeah. Japan's just always been been really good for me i mean i i grew up really loving the culture and so much of what i do i think like my style or influences come from japanese artists too so yeah. i think there's always kind of an affinity when, when i'm there so mm. i've been thinking about kind of moving there part-time starting this year <laughs> yeah cool i'm jealous i want to go too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so I have, nice. the, have the same experience too, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably why there's um, a strong population there because it's such a mm-hmm. really thriving culture. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And your photography has been accelerating and growing. What have you been? What's been keeping you really excited about your photography? Has there been a certain set or a, um, 
a certain feature that you've been focusing on uh, or process that you've gone into mm-hmm. since the last time we spoke? Mm, yeah. So when I was going through the business classes and um, I did the apprenticeship for my chase uh, intro to environment painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think around that time, mm, there was 2016, I was really thinking, I was sure I would want to quit photography, like uh, on, on the fashion and commercial stuff completely and uh, to, to pursue something else, you know, maybe either just um, do my startup or work in tech or um, just do personal work as a hobby. Because I think I just felt a bit jaded and fed up with fashion and commercial stuff. Sure. Cause it's, um, but, is that because you're repeating it or what was the, what was the burnout from? Um. I think I just don't really love the industry. Like I appreciate artistic aspects or fashion, but mm-hmm. there is, there's just so much, um, fashion just, it can just be so toxic and catty and I'm just not really into that kind of environment. Mm. <laughs> like, like some people, they, they can live and breathe it. They go to parties and I'm just, I like to stay at home. I like to just, you know, hang out with friends and nerd out about random crap. And it's not a fashion thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah you, you have your own interests and that aren't. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I like the creative part, and just I, I guess I just didn't want to do the networking part of it. And and you do have to put in some effort for those kind of stuff. Yeah, I find so, that's the same with most all industries that I've discovered. I mean, there, there's different degrees, obviously, but yeah, I find yeah. I find I get somewhat burnt. I think out. it definitely depends on on who you know too. Obviously, there's definitely like good people. Um, in, in all industries, but I think fashion is definitely one of the more very explicitly awful ones <laughs> that I've interacted with. Hmm. Yeah, um, and you've been in it for a while too, so it's like kind of yeah, ten yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So I was time. yeah, so I was pretty much ready to quit, and um, I wanted to take what I was doing with the Motherland Chronicles stuff, where you know it was a lot inspired by uh, European classical paintings and. Uh, kind of go the next step and try to do more Asian themed inspired stuff. Mm. So I so I started testing some um, uh, mid to late last year, uh, and and started building up some um, like accessories, uh, stock of props and stuff, so I can start doing those. But um, last year, I while I started experimenting with new work. I got rejected from submitting some pictures to a small magazine and I was really, and I think it, it really kind of um, spurred me on to do more fashion stuff again in a weird way. Hmm. I think, like, uh, yeah, sometimes just it or something like that. Yeah. Just, hmm. yeah. Just to prove myself. Cause it's like, I, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm confident with my work and I just thought it was, um, it was a little bit silly. Like, mm. I mean, I mean, a normal rejection would have been fine, but they, they kind of rubbed it in my face saying that, oh, yeah, we, we have like uh, no budget because um, not because they have no budget, but because uh, they have like world renowned photographers submitting to them for free. And I'm like, Whoa. what's that even mean? Like, wow. <laughs> uh, number one, I looked at the magazine and I don't recognize most of the photographers they used, you know. Mm-hmm. And number two, like, if you don't have budget, and you keep it for internal. I completely understand. You don't have to say it like that, right? Yeah, hmm. that's um, a that's a bummer. Yeah, so hmm. so it kind of led me to instead um, reach out to more magazines and 
which is something I've, I've not done in like nine, 10 years, right? Once my career got on track, when I was really young, I just, I just kept going. And usually people just reach out. Um, mm. So it's like so, a humbling rebirth then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and what's come of that then for you as doing this process kind of reinvigorated your drive for this kind of stuff? As, as a- yeah. Um, I mean, during the process, of course, I think like the business course also did change me. And, um, I started reading, reading more books, um, through the library cause you can like get audiobooks for, for free. I didn't know that until like last year. Yeah. <laughs> Libraries are amazing. People don't realize so, how incredible they are. Yeah. I was just like wanted to try audiobooks, but they were so expensive. And I realized like, holy shit, you can just go through all these, like through the library. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was reading the, the book on, uh, mindset. Uh, I don't know. Have you read it? No. What books? What, but, give, me, give me some books that you've re- highly recommended through this thing, please. Uh, I love books. I, I, I read probably like four or five a, a month. Um, I think it's literally just called mindset. mindset. <laughs> it's basically, yeah. Let me Google it. Uh, yeah. By Carol Dweck. Okay. So it's, it's about, um, how to uh, it's just basically a book about uh examples of you know when people have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset so Mm -hmm. um, we could have growth versus fixed mindsets for different things in our lives it's not purely like oh i i am like a growth mindset or fixed mindset person and that happens to everything Mm -hmm. so it was it was interesting to sort of um I guess, look into myself and, and realize like, oh, there are certain things I kind of limit myself with purely just uh, really my mindset and outlook on how I might do in something. It's mm. pretty much it. Yeah. So if, if you have a fixed mindset, it usually comes from like, oh, I believe I won't be good at that anyway. And then we just kind of limit ourselves and never try. Sure. Right. Um, and You've already then, decided your fate, basically. Yeah. So yeah. that was sort of the gist of it. And, but I guess the main idea of growth mindset is, is you don't lock yourself into a particular mindset and you, and you stay open, right. Mm. Um, to see what might happen and, and try your best and look for solutions to it. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah some cool. of the questions. I'm I like, don't yeah, you love no. when you find those books that just kind of hit you Change perfectly? Yeah. They yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so yeah. amazing. So, I mean, you have so, to, you have to search for it, right. And you have to find it, but once you do, it's so great to have that, that, that resource there to kind of remind you or op- unlock your sure. potential, you know, you, right. but you have to obviously want it and, and you have to yeah, desire the change, you know? So yeah, I think that's really important because <laughs> it's kind of like a humbling thing to go, okay, I'm going back to the library or like I'm going to go back to school. And, um, yeah. so what spurred this, this desire, this desire again to go back to the business course, what spurred this desire to, learn more about business was it something like you wanted to like you know understand how to earn more or have a better whatever understanding or grasp on things what was um, it was there a moment or just kind of a build up over the years um, and you're just still well, freelance it, right it's just you and then you yeah. you change and scale based on the production that you're doing um i had a i had a startup idea so when I felt stuck and then I saw about the business program, it was, uh, it was not a long program. It's like three months, uh, three to five months, I guess, plus the, uh, pre coursework. Um, so I thought it was a short program that could be useful for uh, applying to my startup because I felt stuck with it at that time. Mm. Can you talk um, about your startup or is it still building? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's just, I decided not to do it or it's on a back burner. Um, at that time I wanted to, 
you know, when CG Hub closed down, I think I thought about um, making a, another social network um, for artists. Okay. Um, like at the time, ArtStation was, uh, I guess, doing quite well, but it, it was still quite nascent. And it was, I think, within the first year. Hmm. So It's quite um, big now, but, huh? Yeah. And as time passed, I thought, you know, a lot of things that about implementing because they do send out like updates on stuff they're working on. I'm like, holy shit, they actually like work on this website rather than launch it and never do a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, so I thought, uh, it's fine. And I, I just kind of lost uh, a bit of motivation for it because my main motivation was just that I felt like there was no good place for, for artists that or our work I liked. Yeah. yeah. But ArtStation so, really has done its thing. I think it's it's fulfilled yeah. that niche because there was that, was it CG Hub or something like that? There was mm-hmm. one that went down. I can't remember. Yeah, that was CG Hub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then now it's yeah. the, the ArtStation thing, which is great. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. Um, so yeah. the main reason was for that because um, I, I felt a bit stuck about the direction I was going. I, I had already worked on it for about um, uh, eight, nine months, I think. Um, and then we launched like an alpha site and I had some friends who were testing it, but that I just felt not so sure about it myself. Um, so, so yeah, when I saw the business course being, uh, being advertised, uh, in a tech newsletter, I, I just applied to see if I, I can get in and maybe network, find a co-founder or, or just learn something. But I felt that, um, I had a lot of friends who did startups and, um, pretty successfully raised funds. And I thought mm, I knew enough. So it was, it was really humbling to just realize how good education looks like and, um, you know, realize that there's a lot more things I can still learn. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. More than, I, more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. More than I expected. Sure. So it was very, um, yeah, that was a very interesting experience. I think that changed me a lot. Um, I really have trouble working in a team <laughs> because hmm. I'm so used to di- directing the team, right? Sure. So if, if, I, if I don't like someone or the way someone works, um, I can fire them, right? Or I fire myself from <laughs> a client because I'm a freelancer, right? I don't care about these things. But sure. on the coursework, I had, I think I had a difficult team too, but I had so much trouble with my team and I really <laughs> wanted to quit. And I was like crying to my professor one day, like for a whole hour we were talking and I just kept crying. He's like, you know, I, I'm not worried about whatever startup you want to do. I don't think you'll have any problems, but uh, you need to fix your issue with teams. You know, he's like, whatever your expectations are, whatever your, um, your point of view is like, not everyone is going to, to understand or, um, necessarily always be smarter than you right but yeah. there is a process you have to let people um own things and i think just yeah they, they wouldn't let me quit the team <laughs> <laughs> but but it really taught me to kind of step back a little bit I, I think i grew up just owning my work so much that i'm used to feeling so attached to everything i was doing so sure it's almost like i care too much and i think that always causes a problem when i have conflicts um or trouble when i work with a client so I think that process really taught me an important lesson in how to just step back a bit. Like you can educate your coworkers and you can educate your clients, but um, if if the client doesn't want to listen at the end of the day, like while well, you you've done your job, just do the best you can, right? But in yeah. the past, I I'll really spend time being being upset and pissed and kind of insulted because I'm like, well, I 
you know, I'm confident in the work I do. And you came to me because I'm different from other people. Why would you not listen to me? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have that problem too. <laughs> so, it's, 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 of course, like, you know, that kind of arrogance is part of what makes us very persistent in pursuing our personal style, right? But yeah. um, learning to, to separate that from, you know, a commercial production, I think that's really important. And it's like, it was such a hard lesson. And I learned it in such like an unexpected place. Hmm. What is yeah. that? Is that the ego you think? Cause I agree. There's a per- certain part of it that I cling to that goes, uh, my rationale is that, Hey, this is part of who I am and this is why I am who I am. You know, and my persistence to mm. be this stubborn is part of it. But at the same time, yeah. it can be very, uh, well, cause I feel like, I don't know if you have the same thing, but I feel like if mm-hmm. I bend my will too much, then I become yeah. like everything else. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and for us, when we take so much pride in our work, it's, it's so hurtful, right? Like if yeah, it becomes everyone physically. else, why do you, why do you even hire me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's because I mean, between you and me, I'm sure like we don't need all the jobs. We don't need all that money. Right. We, we worked for many years and you know, we've worked on big projects. We're okay. So it's almost like I give this client this opportunity to work with me as well. Right. And I wish they really treated, treated me with, with respect, but you know, why can't they do that? But yeah, like you said, I think that's just, just ego. <laughs> I think it seems like it's ego to me. Right. I mean, it seems like yeah. that's probably the, it's an ego based thing, which is unfortunate because yeah. it's, that's a weakness, you know, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know? So it's, <laughs> I guess it's yeah. good or bad, but yeah, it's, it's the complicated thing when, especially when you're working as a freelancer too, for a lot of people that are listening mm-hmm. to this, I'm sure a lot of them are freelancers yeah. and, and this is a bit of a resource for freelancers out there, but yeah, that's always been a, it's been a struggle of mine, you know, trying to retain my own personal voice without at the same time compromising. There's always compromises, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, finding that. And so that's interesting. You found it in that teamwork effort, um, via your project. Yeah. It sounded like it was a real emotional growth, t- growth for, for you. Do you think, do you yeah, feel that sure. that's made you stronger going through that process and that you approach your projects and everything a lot more maturely or i think i think it was uh it was a starting point in changing my 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 mindset about how how i look at these things right Mm. Um, like like what do you do when when you're at an impasse like this and you don't have a choice you know (laughs) because because i guess in the past when we are freelancers we freelancers we always have a choice to just step away or run away from the problem sort of right sure we we can put it that way but you know i wrote like a long appeal email to um uh, to our program lead and to our to our dean and they all refused to like yeah in in like the last seven years of programs doing internationally and on campus we've never allowed anyone to drop out from a team (laughs) and i was like okay (laughs) so so yeah so when, when i yeah so when i had a talk with my professor it it really just helped so much and i think that was a moment where i started to um, to really think about how how i could change you know mm. to, in that, to, to that adjust aspect. to it yeah so, yeah, in, so in your changing your transformation uh, what led um what how did this thing kind of uh, how did the project go once you decided to just adjust and shift towards mm. your team right it, it's not like a it's not like a light switch and suddenly i become a good team player um but uh it so for a start um you know obviously at that time like i knew i would have to change my mindset to make myself stay in the team and like um 
accept it. So, you know, just it would just begin from the beginning. It was just exploration and trying to find different ways to see how I might be able to, um, like, I guess, live with it, right, or or work with it at the same time. So first step was I think actually just like stepping back a little bit. Like mm. I said, you know, becoming a bit less attached to whatever I believed, you know. Is there a process that you do for this to to just define the, the ability to be less uh, attached to things? Um, in the very beginning, it was, it was so simple. I, I just tried to like basically say yes to everything my teammates said, you know, just it, it's like a feeling of like, okay, fine. I, I don't give a shit anymore. It's almost like that. Right. Mm. Um, well, also that is like school teamwork. So it's a bit easier to, to do that. <laughs> sure. Um, and then just try to nail my portion of the presentation. And even though, for example, I didn't believe in the idea or whatever we're pitching, but well, I'm, I'm part of the team and I still want to do a good job presenting. So you have to, you kind of have to sort of, um, believe in the parts you're saying, right. Mm. It's almost like lying to yourself, but you do the best with what you got. It's like working with a client. Sure. So, um, so yeah, through time, um, I guess bit by bit, um, learning to change my perspective, um, especially end of last year, I started, uh, so, you know, once I got back into shooting more, um, Oh, I actually did some shoots with uh, Vogue Japan, which was very uh, beautiful very photographs. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. You really got it. You're so nailing your style more and more. I feel like you really. <laughs> it's like, well, you're you're ten years in now, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's said that seven so, to ten years after ten years, you're at your ten thousand hours. Usually, <laughs> do you feel that that's true? Do you feel like you're at your ten thousand hours? Uh, I feel like I should have hit it quite a few years back but maybe Around i seven could take years detours <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, perhaps yeah. so who knows um so do you do yeah. you do you agree with that do you believe in that stuff the ten thousand hours um i just believe in dedicated practice and training mm. like um when i did air rifle i broke the national record in like nine months so when, when i was still training in school and and the method that um, my mom, my mom was my coach grew up with was, you know, full-time training in China because that's how most of the East Asian countries worked, right? You just train extremely hard and you, you don't take like a break in the year, stuff like that. So, so when we work part-time, you have to train smartly. And I think that always stuck with me. Mm. So, so of course a certain quantity is important. Um, and, uh, yeah, quantity is important, but uh, the quality and being smart about what you need to improve on, like really think about it. I think that's that's more important. That's important too. Yes, goes hand you, in hand. Do you find after these all these years of taking photographs, mm-hmm. do you still find that like um, that that I don't know? I have, there's a feeling I have when I'm when I'm holding my camera and about to capture something mm-hmm. that 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 excitement. It's not always there, you know, but it's there. Um, when mm-hmm. you're really aligned with it, do you still get that, that jitter? I, I guess I call it like a, I get very giddy, like very excited. <laughs> I don't know. Do you get that? Same? Uh, like when, when I'm, yeah, when, I'm, when yeah. I know I'm about so, to shoot something that's awesome, I'm like, ah, yes. And I get really excited about it. Do you get that? Yeah. Because I mean, we, I think both for you and I, we, we go through a lot of production, you know, to end up at that point. Yeah. So, so it's a bit like 
this is the moment where the magic comes together, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone on the team, they, they've, they've done their part, they've contributed. But, Hopefully. Um, they, they, see a, <laughs> they, they see a portion of what it could be, right? Yeah. Um, but when, when you can really capture it um, and then um, have something beyond what they could have imagined, right? Or, um, you know, very close to what you had imagined yourself, I think that's, that's a really, really magical moment. So I, I, I feel that too. And um, I really do think shooting part is, is the most fun out of the whole, out of the whole process. Because <laughs> yeah, I agree. The most brief <laughs> too. The planning and building is kind of fun too. It's almost like, um, I call it kind of, and it's kind of cool watching your class, like seeing how you're processing mm-hmm. it where you would grab, you'd gather lots of different references. And it's yeah. almost like um, the equivalent of going to like a shopping mall or and kind of window shopping, you know, like, oh, uh-huh. I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, yeah. then, and then when you go to shoot, it's like, okay, and that's all the, and then all the pressure um, to, mm-hmm. to, to deliver. But um, yeah. do, do you still feel that intense pressure or is it, is it diminished over time with the maturity of just, you know, you've been, you've been through it, you've gone through the process and, you know, um, or, mm-hmm. or do you still feel that every time that there's a possibility that you might mess it all up? I think, um, for personal work, is is not so much pressure because that's just sure. up to me. And the the more difficult part with personal work is more like the pressure we put on ourselves. I think because we'll always be more strict, and because hopefully we're experimenting, and we're experimenting is not it's difficult to get hundred percent of what you you hope you could get maybe right or yeah. um, doesn't turn out as good as you wish and. It's the first time you try something, you like, I would think, oh, why didn't I shoot it at this angle or that angle? Um, I started trying to do some uh, very short fashion films last year as well. So uh, in a way, it was easy because I was already doing a lot of um, production and movement shots on my pho- with my photography. But in a way, that's a, that's to shoot more is also hard because I'm like, oh, well, why was I so stupid? Why didn't I do shots like that? And why didn't I shoot, do shots like this? It's just... Hmm. You're hard on yourself, right? Um, whereas with a client, I think it's so easy because, you know, usually we, we already have a mood board. We know where we're going with it. And once you nail it, you know, you nail it and you've done a good job. So uh, in a way with client, it's easy in, in that, but of course difficult in, in the sense of there's still pressure because if it's the first time you're working together, you don't really know um, how the team will work out. I think that's always a big component. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, uh, for, for us, the photography is not, it's not a one person job, right? The, the hairstylist has to be good. The makeup artist has to be good. The model has to, you know, um, be good that day. And, and this is like, there are so many elements that's not purely up to the photographer when you work with a client. So, um, it's a different, a whole different type of worry. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think just managing that, how do you manage stress when you're in a stressful situation? Say something's not aligning or working. Um, what's the practices that you do um, when you're in a pinch? When you're, you know, deep in like the stressful moments? Is there something that you do mm-hmm. to help? Kind of uh, something that you've learned over the over the years that's helped you. Um, the best is really just to have very good backup plans. Mm. Um, I always think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I. My, my friend and I, we always joke that we have like the worst luck ever. So, so um, we will make like four to five backup plans for everything we do, not just one. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, like, okay, this is direction. If it doesn't work, we'll do like plan B. And then if that doesn't work, we'll do plan C. Mm-hmm. So uh, just 
sort of being thoroughly prepared with that and, you know, have a few to like go to lighting or ideas or, or concepts that we can easily switch out to at any time. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's a very easy one to have. I mean, of course it comes with practice that, you know, you're confident with it and you can always do a good job, but, um, that's been one, I guess for me. Um, so being so well, I, well planned and well thought out too, I think that's really key. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really mostly it. The mm. rest, if it comes to people, you just really got to hope that they are reasonable, I guess. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I really love, um, your fine art series, like a painting, what spurred that? What, what got you thinking about that? Was it a particular artist or is it a particular image or something that's, that got you kind of thinking about that? And let's, I'd love to know more about this. This cause I, it's, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's some of my favorite work of yours. I especially love the, uh, Fenella. I think it's Fenella. Is that the piece? Where oh, Fenella. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I really love yeah. that piece a lot. Thank I you. love her, her skin tone and just the, mm-hmm. uh, it's so painterly, but it's a photograph, which is really kind of special. I, I'm, I'll be completely honest. I don't really follow many photographers. I'm not really in the photographer world, so I'm not sure if this is like a thing. But I, I've never seen it like this, so I'm like, I just I really like. I, it's something that, I, you know, if an image can really capture me and and hold me, I, I find that there there's a lot of power there. You know, especially with how like distracted I can get. You know, so <laughs> I want to see it like really huge. I want to like look at it forever. So. <laughs> Oh, thanks. That's yeah, a beautiful photograph. Yeah. yeah. So most of these were done after I did the Motherland Chronicles series where, you know, I, I feel like that series was really sort of an, an exploration process where I kind of started to, to figure out where I wanted to go um, in terms of, because um, in, in the beginning with that series, I was just shooting sort of all sorts of things that I, I felt were interesting that I wanted to do, right? Yeah. It was very early on in the process. And then towards the end, I figured out, oh, you know, I, I kind of like to go towards the more um, painterly-looking um, aesthetic. And I want to style hair a certain way. And towards the end, I think I've collected so much more references. I I was, I was ready to, I think, almost like apply it to outside that super fantasy realm, but just... just mm, play around with what I can do. You know, it could be simple portraits, it could be like costumes. And, and so I did a, a bunch of single, like just single image shoots and um, portraits that, that was like to kind of further that, that series. And then going forward, I was thinking about trying with the Asian themes. So then I started towards that to see if the style could apply. Hmm. Uh, that was, yeah, that's mostly it. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. I really love it. I love the, uh, just the ambiance and the feel of it and how it feels like I could be wrong. My art history and my memory is really bad, but like there's the tones in some of these feel like a Monet um, slightly. And there's, I like how like in the Milo, I guess is how you say it. Mello. Mello. Mm, Mello yeah. yeah. Mello. Like um, how you've went off and had, you know, a painterly touch to the outside of it and really mm-hmm. trying to blend and blur the lines between the two worlds between photo mm-hmm. photography and, and mm-hmm. painting and stuff and which i find really fascinating do you get a chance to to observe and appreciate fine art uh often do you like in person because i find that's a that's really a, mm-hmm. a, a monumental uh thing yeah. that all artists should go through is to look yeah. at a rembrandt person and things like <laughs> that you know just to really feel how the the light works and uh, yeah. big yeah, inspiration I'm, yeah i'm in new york so we do have a lot of great shows here and um I was visiting Tokyo a lot last year and Tokyo has some like 
some amazing exhibitions. Um, like last year, they had the murals from uh, Musha, right? Uh, the the super large ones, and they've never shown it outside of uh, Czech Republic. Oh, so those were great to see. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I, I do try to go to the museums whenever I can. Um, there's something very different from you know, like you say, seeing seeing it in person versus seeing seeing something just only in print or on the screen. Yeah. There's a definite different uh, connection that you get from it. I think that yeah. I find fascinating and I really, I personally really love because um, it's just, it, it kind of really just comes to life, you know, and you really, it kind yeah. of jumps at you and you kind of experience it in a, in a completely different light, which again, yeah. I think is, is really important for all, 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 all artists because it's so, so important. Do you feel that that's kind of, is there a particular artist in your mind that comes to play when you're thinking about um, you know, like a painting pieces? Um, I think for a bit I was very inspired by Sargent. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, he's portraits because they're a bit more, um, I think they're a bit more candid compared to, uh, the more post stuff I was doing for Motherland Chronicles where it was like very fantasy driven, mm. I think. So, so I think that seeped in for a little bit and I was looking at his stuff a lot. Um, and so it's just, uh, color tones. Yeah. And stuff like that. And recently uh, I was looking at more artists, uh, in Japan when I was there. So that's, uh, inspired, um, some of the newer Asian stuff that I've been thinking about doing. Is there an, I, is there a desire to do a collaboration with like an illustrator in your mind or is that something like, do you still like to work only solo and that's mostly what you're interested in? I haven't really thought about illustrators, I guess. I'm not just not quite sure how that would work in a way that's um that that's that's interesting, I guess. Because sure. doing something very expected, like you know, just passing off a photo and having them paint over a bit of the edge, that's that's boring, right? <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess that, yeah. yeah, just haven't occurred to me how, how best to do that. Um sure. yeah, but um, since I started doing some some video last year, because Toby and I were working, uh, Tobias Kwan, my friend, uh, we were working on Madeline Chronicles stuff together, and we thought about collaborating. But um, in the end, it was mostly just about the exchange of ideas and kind of a critique and feedback circle between us. So um, when I started doing video, um, it feels like there were more things that we could do together. You know, for example, like um, maybe he can design a set or the aesthetic of the space right yeah. it's a little bit different than just um like working on a flat photo that i've done so that's a something we're kind of exploring right now that's awesome that's the next question i was going to get into because uh a photograph is amazing and it has so much power a still image has so much power um but a moving image is a whole different um category and you mentioned getting yeah. into it a little bit more um, the logistics yeah. is, yeah, as I'm sure, you know, it just gets out of control because they just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's trying to control chaos at that point. Cause it's just, yeah. yeah, maddening. So is, is moving into doing cinematography motion, um, and more like moving imagery. Is that what we're going to be seeing more for you in the future? Or is that something yeah. that you're interested in more? And yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I'll get to do more. Um, I did get to do a few shorts, um, when I was in Japan shooting with Vogue Japan. So hopefully they will come out. Well, 
probably going to be a few months. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. the magazines take a while. Um, but yeah, I would like to definitely start doing more of that uh, when I have time. Um, you're shooting the video with your Pentax, or is it another camera that no, you're no. using? Uh, I, we got uh, we got a Sony. Uh, mm-hmm. s- 6500 i think okay yeah i heard those are so, good yeah. yeah so it's just very simple um uh smaller investment than like uh you know a really big rig so yeah. just you, really you should really check a- out the a7s2 it's yeah. incredible yeah i like low light it's so we were out shooting um nature mm-hmm. which is um, yeah. nature photography is yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different uh sure. challenge yeah. But we were out there and we're in California, Southern California. We don't get a, a that amazing, you know, long light, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we get like a sunset and that's it. <laughs> so you get, <laughs> there's like a, maybe an hour of mm-hmm. like prime shooting, maybe 45 minutes yeah. of like absolutely great shooting time. Mm-hmm. And so, but the great thing about this camera is it added another hour, basically. Oh, um, wow. Because it was it, it, like, it was dark. We couldn't even see, turn the camera on and it, mm-hmm. you turn the, the crazy thing is you can turn the ISO up to like, 460,000 or something like that some crazy amount um and, and it still looks fine yeah it looks noise. i mean it's it's noisy but there's <laughs> there's ways of going around that there's right, um yeah. i use a an application inside of after effects called neat video it's a really mm-hmm. great little plugin and it's an mm-hmm. algorithm that basically you it, you do a sample of noise on your footage and it finds it and then it does its own little like algorithm and it finds yeah. it and denoises it and softens it and gets it right <laughs> Then you just add like a film grain on top of it and it solidifies the footage down really nicely. Um, But yeah, I would would definitely, um, I mean, a a 5D Mark II, uh, whatever, our A7S II, -hmm. I guess it's a, they're pretty, they're pretty affordable too. You can get them like secondhand. Mm -hmm. But anyway, anyways, they shoot 4K. I was really just, I was blown away by it. My buddy, Anthony, who is my DOP on my film, Mm -hmm. he, he had three of them. He used them for his feature film that he shot. Mm -hmm. And wow. so, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. The capability of the, this that body alone is just really awesome. So maybe it's something for you to check yeah, out. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, thank you. you know, maybe you have somebody yeah. that's with you on your shoot that you, that you can just have you have them help you capture BTS or something. You know, while you're mm-hmm. capturing stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. Just throwing stuff out there. But yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks. I just love it. I just love being able to <laughs> uh, you know capture things, and and mm-hmm. and it's so it's so fun, and and we're so lucky. I think. Um, to be able to be blessed with all this technology, really. I mean, for yeah, us, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it is amazing. You know, imagine uh, me trying to do video like 20 years ago, trying to any break any of in. us. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's crazy because you'd have to mortgage your house or like you'd have to do some <laughs> crazy amount of things, you know, just to get yeah. uh, a you know simple gear. It was kind of crazy yeah, because yeah. we also bought like some random like I think it's like newer newer i guess mm-hmm. it's called yeah. like like cheap gear for mm-hmm. like like lights and stuff you know um yeah. off of amazon it was like mm-hmm. it was like 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something like that you know or like sandbags and stuff and we we're all building sandbags yeah. but it's just like you know um the results is what matters and i felt like we yeah. really, we really captured the results you would never know that was like three people in a garage uh <laughs> if i didn't tell people you know like three people in uh-huh. a garage with an a7 uh yeah. or two so i don't know i just it's it's a lot of fun and, and I, i'm a huge believer in that body and uh, after the results i saw and going through the footage i mean it's not perfect but it's, mm-hmm. it's i think the only problem i think i have with it is it's an 8-bit um 
it, it delivers 8-bit, which I wish I it was a little bit better. But at the same mm-hmm. time, um, if you do a lot of studying, you can see that you can push the yeah. 8-bit pretty far because yeah. uh, it'd be awesome at 16, but you know that's yeah. coming eventually, I'm sure, down the road. So Yeah, I mean, if you're not showing in theaters, I'm, you know, we're just seeing on the screen is fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. just being hard on the material itself, but yeah, um, yeah it, it gets there and stuff. So that's, yeah, but that's cool. That's cool to hear. And that's, that's nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you get into, especially if you're going to be out in Japan. I just watched mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite films is uh, lost in translation. Have you seen that film? Uh, uh, yeah. Many years back when it came out. Yeah. You should check it out again. It's actually really well filmed too. And there's some really good <laughs> shots in there, but yeah, mm-hmm. like it just reminded me how um, how romantic it is out there, like light wise <laughs> and, and interesting and bizarre and unique, especially uh, to like uh, my eye coming from like America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we don't have that kind of stuff here, you know. So, um, yeah, but, but yeah, I can't wait to get out there. My friend Liam <laughs> is out there right now, like filming, mm-hmm. shooting all kinds of photographs right now. Jealous. Yeah. Damn, yeah, damn him. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Are you you're planning on spending half the year out there, you said? Yeah, this uh, just a plan. <laughs> nice. And when is yeah. this going to start? You thinking? Um, I've got a place I can stay at uh, for for the year, basically, so I, oh. I can really go anytime. Um, I have uh, some um, potential collaborations and projects in Japan coming up, but um, we're not sure about the schedule yet. Awesome. So sort of, sort of just waiting on that, and it's, it's all pretty flexible. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah. 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 Have fun with that. And so you were mentioned a little bit earlier that you um got the um the privilege of the honor to do to shoot for Vogue Japan. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um yeah. Oh actually we started talking about Vogue Japan because we're talking about um I guess like uh attitude towards clients, right? Yes. So I think I was saying like uh to uh so around the same time I was I got the Vogue Japan shoots. I, I also received a pretty um, big client job, and it's a very, very typical like um, big job, like a lot of paperwork and um, expectations and uh, pitch proposals and and the really really boring stuff. And mm. um, but yeah, I think th- this was the first really big job I had since. Um, all the perspective change, I guess, towards the attitude. Mm. So, you know, I was, I was talking to my friend and usually we might, we might feel a bit, I think, you know, we, we look down the clients a little bit when, when they have bad taste or when they say something that we know is obviously wrong because they don't work in fashion and they, they don't have the right taste and they don't know that whatever they're asking is not right. They should just trust us. But, um, yeah, I, I say to her, you know, let's, let's not be so quick to, to have this attitude towards the client, right? Um, Just try to be understanding. And, you know, of course, after trying to go into the business stuff and also trying to do my startup, I guess, just having a better perspective on the considerations of different people in different departments of company, right? Mm. Um, You know, putting yourself in their shoes. I I think I just, yeah, I think just my attitude towards it got better. So when, when there was something difficult or I... I really do try to step back a little bit more and be like, you know, look, this is how it works. Sure. But if you want to do it that way, we'll do it that way. But, you know, I, I, I do my job to try to educate them I, and I try to explain the point and then I give them the choice. Right. And yeah. if they choose something that I feel that is not good, eventually um, still try to do 
the best I can with it because that's that's where well that's why we're hired right because we're good so try to make uh, make it work so and I think that that worked out really well in the end um, the client was very happy with the results and the, the overall atmosphere on set and everything went really smoothly because mm. of that yeah so your, so your ability to navigate the communication side of it yeah yeah, yeah it's really like difficult. Dealing with the conflict better rather than kind of feel like you have to push against it you know sure um, yeah that's difficult yeah. to do too navigating that can be really uh yeah challenging very challenging yeah. yeah yeah so um having a good team that has your back definitely helps right yeah but um but do you yeah, work with the same people a lot that's what, what david fincher does he only works with like his friends or people that he knows and trusts because yeah he's a, he's a control I, I, freak like me and i think you're the same you're probably yeah, a control freak as sure. well so yeah it's, <laughs> I, I mean where's that come from that control freak nature for you oh i i wonder <laughs> I, I guess it's just like you go through a few instances where you let people do whatever they want and it just turns out to be a bad job and you just realize um, you can take chances with people who you trust to do new things, but maybe not everyone can can hit it right, right? Uh, I mean, there's obviously a balance, but for example, if you have a big job, then definitely get the people you super trust and do the things that you super know you can do yeah. because that's why a client hired you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah, an important we were, thing. Yeah, yeah, because we always want to. I think as as good creatives, you should always try something new, right? So even for me, I might want to try something I haven't done before, uh, because oh, the client has budget. Let's build a bigger set. But you know, mm. um, we had a makeup artist friend, and and he is so experienced, right? So he said, you know what, the client came to you because they liked your simple images. Just just do what you're really good at and deliver that for them, mm. right? Just, yeah. you know just do a good job and you can still take pride in the fact that you did a good job rather than always pushing yourself to do something new because um it's not that they will not like it but you know it's, it's risky for them and if they're putting so much money into this and so much money into you know putting out a whole collection and then um you know, all the marketing and, and sales so just i was like yeah it's, it's a good point of view to to look at it yeah that's yeah. difficult sometimes to 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 refrain yourself you yeah know, from i think we're far. Yeah, I think we're definitely, as creatives, we can be quite selfish. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, so. it's a very selfish act being creative because it's, like, <laughs> it's very insular for the most part. Um, for yeah. most of the time, you know, it's a very insular process. And at least for me, it is. It's very inside and, and, um, yeah, and it's sure. not, it's, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I mean, sometimes I enjoy the, the, the collaborative nature and exploring that collaborative part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes I just like being able to just, take what's in my head and, and get it out as fast as yeah. possible. So yeah. do you see so, the images in your mind before you do them or is it a process of discovery through the whole journey? For, for commercial jobs, um, we have to do a pitch deck, right? So uh, we present everything from um, uh, what model we will be using, what kind of poses and mood the, the model's poses would be, uh, exactly what type of lighting, what type of retouching, uh, what, what clothes they are, uh, what hair, what makeup. So it's, it's pretty clear what kind of image we will get in the end mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. So, so going into a commercial job, usually we are pretty clear. But for your creative personal work, is it, do you, uh, do you explore and do you like that discovery part and that process yeah. of discovery? Yeah. With personal work, it's just, a bit more experimentation maybe you know try a lighting 
uh, background, different styling, like、mm-hmm. things I've not tried before, and and play around with that a bit to see to see if it works,、um, what works or what doesn't.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I kind of the same way, but I, I usually,、uh, for me personally, it's like I, it's all about. Um, bringing to fruition like the vision, I guess, and and trying、mm-hmm. to、yeah. just get it as close as possible. And until I get there, I'm just like angry. I'm like, oh, like come on, <laughs> I'm all upset, you know. So I, I think yeah, I feel、no. like I'm very under underdeveloped in certain categories of my social oh. abilities. <laughs> oh, I, I bet、yeah. we feel like that. Like,、um, I, I bet many of us feel like that. Like, I feel like I'm underdeveloped in so many things. <laughs>、mm, yeah. Like, like I often think.、Um, Because、uh, I think, relatively speaking, as a photographer, I found success when I was quite young, right? I did, I did my first Mercedes Benz drive when I was twenty. I did my Harper's Bazaar Singapore shoot when I was twenty. So it's just, I, I think there's, I, I quit school twice. <laughs> so I think there are certain things that maybe I missed out on learning, like、mm. you know, going through school or、um, going through maybe a normal workplace and. And I have to kind of play catch up on it later on, and I feel that I, I kind of lagged behind everybody else, you know, in terms of that.、Hmm. Um, I can't is even it, give you. Is it really、thing. necessary, though? Do you think it's really necessary to have those traits, or do you think we're just being hard on ourselves and actually we're successful and we're okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the mentality that we have so much shortcomings is what. Makes us really good, right? Because we are trying not to become like someone who plateaus and and stays in the same spot. So,、yeah. so that's important. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're we're、yeah. you're trying not to remain stagnant, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so I totally get you. And yeah, but yeah, for sure. I, every time I, I do personal work, and I'm after that, I'm you know going through the retouching process of picture selection. I'm just like. I hate all of this. Like, what does shoot in this angle? <laughs> It's horrible. Or、uh, just yeah, it just goes on and on, and I go through like self-loathing for a week. <laughs> first. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's it is like that. Yeah,、um, it's funny that we all have this common things that we go through, and I think it's like a social, mental thing that's just. I find that no matter who you are at whatever levels, and, and I, you you'll discover as you just as you study and learn from your. From the masters, is that they went、yeah. through it just as hard, if not harder, because、yeah. that's. I think it's that pressure. It's a self-induced pressure that we put on ourselves、yeah. to get to that level. And、know? and the better you are, the the more you can see、yeah. like what problems you have. Yeah. Right. That's that's the worst. And for example, striking a balance between creating a cohesive body of work versus just a desire to keep trying new things and. Like everything looking a little bit different, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all of these is so difficult. And if you just want balance all the time, then you're not really pushing yourself, right? Because、yeah. then you're kind of limiting too. So it's it's yeah, it's not easy. Of course, we all have problems with ourselves. Yeah, guys, you're right. I mean, it's finding that balance. That always seems to be a common thing that I get emails for. I'm not sure if you have the same thing where people are asking about advice and tips and this and that. And a lot of times, it's coming from like. How do you balance and juggle this and that in, in regards to like a freelance lifestyle? And,、mm-hmm. um, and it's it's not easy. It's like you know, one day you're up, one day you're down, and then the next you're like、yeah. all over the place. And 
sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm just like, I don't know how, I don't know if I can maintain this when I get older. This, this is such a, <laughs> this can be such a yeah. struggle, you know. It's probably um, got to give it fun and change things up all the time. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of the artists and the, and the art and the things that I appreciate come from pain in an interesting way. Not in a, in a, I'm not saying like it's a, yeah, like the pain it's, it's, they come from built building years and years of, mm-hmm. of construction that isn't about, you know, um, being comfortable and complacent mm-hmm. and happy and content. It's about like not being content and not being comfortable yeah. and just striving and driving for something yeah. new. Um, for sure. yeah, I don't know, but it's something that yeah. I'm trying to be as cognizant and aware of as possible because I feel that yeah. that's really where the, the great work comes from that. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult to navigate that. <laughs> well, enough about that stuff. Is there any films or, or games or anything that you've been into there, um, recently? This film that you've seen recently that you really enjoyed that you want to share with us? Uh, oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I. You know, watch films? I saw a film in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not very good with that. Um, it is partially the reason I didn't start doing video for uh, for the longest time. Hmm. Um, always had a phobia about kind of sitting down to commit my time yeah. to see something where, where I can't control it because I, I think I'm fine reading an article or a book I can skim through areas you know I don't care about or go through something that's uh, uh, complicated and just like look at it over and over but like with a, with a video if you scrub through and you miss something and you waste time going back sure. <laughs> so um yeah, movies. I, I just never somehow never find the time. I guess and well, it's a lack of interest. Probably just are there are there's like not good films and are films that are good enough to capture your your attention. <laughs> so that could be it. That's definitely true. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, like you know, I I really loved, for example, like Dead Poets Society, but they don't really make films like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's films that are somewhat in that wheelhouse, I think, but they're different, obviously. I just yeah. watched a film that was really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I've seen this guy's last film. Have you seen The Lobster? Have you seen that? Uh, no, I wanted to see it. I heard it's very good. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I, ju- I just watched his latest one called uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, oh, okay. How is it? It's very interesting. Again, um, it's <laughs> cool. very well photographed, though, incredibly oh. well photographed. So I'd highly recommend to watch it just okay. even for the yeah. sense of looking at the cinematography. Oftentimes I'll watch a film in multiple stages. I'll watch it for mm-hmm. um, cinematography. And then I'll watch yeah. it for like the editing and blocking. And then I'll watch mm. it for like the storytelling. And so I'll, I'll usually watch a film. I'll have to watch it like three or four times just to oh, get so through it in different mm-hmm. levels. But again, my study and interest is in that stuff. So yeah. you know, it's common for me to do that. But if you're interested in video, the way that you learn, obviously mm-hmm. more than anything is, is just yeah. by watching. Yeah. And it's yeah. in, in knowing how your mind works and it's very similar mm-hmm. to mine is I'm looking at where the light sources are coming from yeah. and, and I'm wondering yeah. where, what's the exposure and I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to match lenses by looking at the way that the, things are distorted or the, mm. the fall off is. And, and yeah. usually I'm just going, okay, they're using 85 here, maybe 50, or oh, that's mm-hmm. a telephoto there. And that's <laughs> a cool move there. And that's interesting. <laughs> and like basically taking a film and, and slowing it down. And there's this, uh, mm-hmm. there's this guy on YouTube nerd writer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched his, vi- his videos? Uh, 
No, I've been watching the Every Frame of Painting stuff. He's great. They're oh, they're similar. Yeah. They're aligned in the same kind of like yeah. um kind of like the I guess uh-huh. I'd call them the new age critics, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. um he does some really cool things. He does this one thing where cool. he he suggests taking a film and mm-hmm. and marking down every time a cut happens through the whole mm-hmm. film and just marking mm-hmm. down and then you get an mm-hmm. idea like, "Oh, it's there's 500 edit cuts in this mm-hmm. film and there's a rapid area right here and not so much yeah. there. And I don't know what it does is it slows it down and you're able to process it and really break down a mm-hmm. scene and decide. Yeah. 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 That's probably like next step on my list to watch after I finished uh, every frame of painting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check, check that out. Yeah. But I'd also suggest like watching, I was rewatching no country for old men the other day and that's another amazing film. That cool, one cool. is, I don't know if have you ever seen that film? No. Oh man. See, I'm really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, what's cool about mm-hmm. that is, um, when it comes time for you to actually watch these things, just hopefully mm-hmm. you, you find the right films, but, um, yeah. it's, it, I mean, I kind of envy you not having seen that because to watch that for the first time properly is just a, it's a total gift. Because um, that, that film alone is a very special, like very powerful film. It's really, mm-hmm. it's incredibly well done. And it's just cool, cool. really well executed. So, but yeah, if you ever, if you're ever like in need of watching something, let me know. Cause I usually try to be as up as possible on mm-hmm. the films. I don't Have get as list. much. Yeah. I don't get a, I don't get a, uh, I don't get a chance to watch as many films as, as I normally do. Cause I'm usually mm-hmm. doing stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was just watching Arrival last night. Have you seen that yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, very beautifully shot. Yeah, uh, very nice, nice low light, a lot of low light. Yeah, very beautiful. I thought the um, production design was really good. Um, yeah, me too. I felt the story was less than I expected. <laughs> yeah, what, what was lacking for you? Um, it's just, it's maybe because I, I I like fantasy stuff and I read manga and and these kind of storylines. It's not very special. So mm. the way people hyped it up so much, uh, I was, I was hoping for more. I think I went, went in with like too much expectations. Sure. Uh, the, the same thing that happened to me for like um, Inception. Because people were saying, oh, this film is so surreal. You will love it. And I was ex- expecting like a surrealistic film. Mm. And then, you know, the actual meaning of surreal in art, that's like, it's not surreal. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good film, right? But um, just... It, expectation was in the wrong place <laughs> yeah i think for um i guess you'd call it like conventional media it's, it's it was definitely pushing certain boundaries because of what it was but yeah right, there's definitely right, yeah. um there's moments is I, th- I felt like it was really well graded too that's another thing so like for a film yeah. so if like a film falls flat in certain areas well okay i'll look at like certain different aspects because knowing how a film gets made it's there's hundreds mm. of people at different yeah. various roles and so it's like I used to be like, oh, that film sucks. And it's like, well, that's too general a statement because you got to be more concise. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this part of that exact stage was what upset me about that. But the rest of this is nice, you know, I'm like really yeah. deciphering it, basically like eating food, you know, like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I like this part. I don't like this yeah. part and, and understanding like what parts. And I felt like that for me um, because I'm not going to film school. I'm not mm-hmm. interested necessarily yeah. Uh, at this point in my life to go to film school but i do find that i go to film school every time i watch a movie so Mm. and i find that i really enjoy that process of it too and just observation you know taking a moment to observe and understand framing Mm -hmm. and all that stuff too so 
I feel like that might really inspire your photo work though, like really <laughs> breaking down iconic films and really understanding why it moves you, whatever film you discover, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting because, well, in the past it's, it's really just about a feeling of connection, right? And But now even if I see a film that I think is bad, it's interesting to to look through the shots and and think about why does it look bad here? Like, um, you know, it, it, oh, there's a fight scene. Why does it look boring or stagnant? Like, oh, because like, this particular actor doesn't have as much movements or like just it's very interesting to go through the shots and think how you could do better almost. yes yeah so so it's like not a bad thing to see a bad film because a really good film i think is it would be so seamless that maybe you don't know what's what's being done right right or what's important yeah but when you see a bad film it really goes through your mind like oh this is what i shouldn't do (laughs) i like the media because i I get really offended by bad films so i usually go right in the middle because when it's a bad film i just think because uh (laughs) films are so expensive and they're so they're they're so costly and and Mm -hmm. so much time and energy and there's a lot of talent being wasted and when i see it i'm like yeah like what a crime against humanity this thing is so again i I get personally um, offended i shouldn't obviously but yeah um, yeah like but i (laughs) I was so sad yeah yeah from this something that's bad and not not very good is there i know you play games a lot so is there uh, a game that you've been interested in i'm I'm just i'm hunting for like what's what's something that um that as as of recent outside of what you do that's inspired you Mm -hmm. beyond art and books and all that stuff so uh no i have been really really boring (laughs) just 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 working and studying and yeah pretty much and I don't know. It's, I, I guess just, yeah, I have been working more in, in the last few months. Um, I, I just being in Japan is, is inspiring for me. Um, I got to meet a lot of artists when I was there and it's, it's fun to look through people's whole body of work. So uh, you know how uh, in the end, this is like not a hobby still, still within the realm of like art stuff. Right. Sure. But um, just like in, for us, we like to put our portfolio maybe the most the most updated version of how we want to present our work, right? But um, amongst all the Japanese artists I've met, their portfolio is like everything they have ever done. Um, so going back 10, 15 years from like their, their earliest work, and of course all these artists I've met, they, they are also like pretty legit. So even their early work were very cool. But <laughs> it is just interesting to see through the whole process and think about... Um, holy shit i need to work more and you know it just makes me feel lazy but it is it's uh it's quite inspiring in its own way just being because i think we have so much more distractions right um social media and uh we, we think about marketing we think about this and that i feel like a lot of japanese artists i know they're just so studious and, and they just um they just get to be, work we'll, yeah, we'll be at dinners and some people are just like still drawing on their pre-create doing, doing new stuff. And hmm. it's just like, do you guys have dinner? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's they, very they bring... Japanese though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's very fun. Right. And, yeah. Well, it's pure dedication, uh, pure dedication. Yeah, to the craft, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess that's fine. You know, like if that's something that for you, if that's something that you're completely passionate and focused on, like what's, mm-hmm. Why not? You know, yeah. it's 
that's what life is about yeah. is pursuing your happiness, you know, as long as you're not hurting <laughs> yourself or other people, hopefully that's, yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. Which yeah. I find, I, I find it's, it's really important to, to have that, those different outlets and stuff. Cause if you don't, mm-hmm. then, um, I don't know, like a life wasted is just a, the worst crime, you know? So <laughs> I find, you know, and yeah. finding that, um, passion and that thing that you're inspired by, it does take time and navigating yeah. it. But I think even if you're here and you found it, it's still a challenge, I guess, but it's mostly based yeah. on, I, th- I feel like most of it's just totally self-induced, you know, mm, um, yeah. it's a mental issue, I think if anything, yeah. but yeah. yeah. And so no video games, nothing. Cause I know you remember, you mentioned you're like, weren't you really uh, yeah. into games and stuff, right? Um, I mean, I, I had a Starcraft two team for, for a few years. There you so, go. I th- so I think I, I spent so much time on that. Um, so after I, I shut down the team, I've been trying to like not go into games because I think I just become so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I wasn't playing anymore by the time I had a team, right? I was just managing it and running it. Um, mm. But but I like making things and I get distracted by this kind of stuff so easily because I really go all in. Um, <laughs> Just I don't good. think it's a bad habit, but you know, it's sometimes a bad habit. <laughs> well, it's where you put it, right? It's, I, I call it like a laser. Yeah. It's like where you point the laser. It's important. Yeah. You got to know where you're pointing the laser. Cause if you just mm-hmm. go random, you're just going to end up in a weird place, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, Directing your passion is important. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was a good experience doing the StarCraft 2 team too. And just like, um, learning, learning different skill sets, right. That, um, you know, running a business, pitching a business and working with people. So, so, uh, you know, at times I regretted it because it was a long time, but overall I think it was a good experience to have, um, to have gone through that. So, but yeah, I've been, I think doing things in more like small doses, like rather than two and a half years, I'm just, you know, reading books and taking classes. Hmm. You're building up slowly. So what's your next yeah. step then? Cause it seems like you're building up for something like uh, a little bit mm. different. You're having a different angle on things. What's your next step? Um, so I hope to do, I mean, I don't know where it will go. I hope to do like a cohesive or large body of um, work with like agents themed mm. um, stuff. And I think stay in Japan will, will help me do some of that. Sure. Um, and of course, now that I'm doing more fashion and commercial work again, there there are also things I want to like improve on within my own portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how sometimes they're like they're, maybe they're like staples you always need in your in your book, but um, I tend to focus on one thing too much for a few years, and then like uh, something else lags behind. Like last few years, I was doing a lot more studio work. So um, even though I used to do a lot of location work, uh, I haven't done in recent years. So I got to refresh my location work portfolio stuff like that hmm. um Staying so I have some other smaller goals yeah. um just interested to see where my new skills to ap- could apply to hmm. it's more like a, a less like i know it's necessary but i'm also curious to see what i can do sort sure. of thing. and yeah. i think it would tie in nicely with doing videos so yeah, just um slightly bigger productions really i guess this this uh, that's kind of it try to be less lazy (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't sound like you're lazy though right it seems like you're pretty active and you get going pretty quickly though um is it all i think when i i think when i when i work i can work very hard but um i can also be very lazy (laughs) 
<laughs> like two extremes. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I can I can work nonstop for like a month up to like just no breaks. But then when I take a break, I need like a week or two weeks, and and I do feel bad about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I have um, the same problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, the hot or cold issue, but that's yeah, a, that's like, a common thing I think too. It's tough, but I mean it's important, right? As creatives, because what we put out is what we ingest, right? We're just consuming a lot, a lot of information and, and art. Yeah. So it is do you, important. Do you mm-hmm. find that you take your learning more than ever now, or is that something that's just kind of growing with time? Um, I think I always try to stay aware of the need to, to keep learning. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing I, then like my, my mom nailed into me. I was really young, right? Like learning should be a lifelong thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, trying to be more, conscious about how it's done and you know having more of like a growth mindset to to listen to different materials and and branching out a little bit i think that is uh different yeah Mm. awesome that's cool that you're using like i think learning a different skill or learning a different trade um especially when you're already at like past your ten thousand hours or whatever um i think it's really good because it's gonna there's a thing like i I talk about this a bit in in my Mm -hmm. podcast about I train jujitsu and like in jujitsu you mm-hmm. have a belt system and then it's like it goes mm-hmm. white, blue, purple, brown, black. And once you get your mm-hmm. black belt, that's this, it's said that once you get your black belt is when you actually understand the art of the jujitsu basically. And then mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do from that point on is contribute back to the art form by um, adapting mm-hmm. a new style of your own and contributing oh, back okay. to the art of it. And so I relate jujitsu and like I, I usually blend everything in my life together with art because mm-hmm. it's all art is like a, a, a line between it all but i yeah. find that like it's the same you know like i'm coming up on eight years of doing this stuff and i mm-hmm. feel like I, I'm, I'm i'm probably like three or four years away from being able to be the person that i'm really striving for which is just a person that does it all <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> go out and film it and then write it and then do CGI yeah. and then edit and grade and everything. It's and so they, crazy how much you can do. I'm so yeah, jealous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I could show you all that stuff, too. But a lot of it just comes from uh, you're the, I think you're you're designed very similar to me where it's like you just if you really if you focused on it, you would just do it. I have no doubt mm. that you would just make it happen. You're a person that gets out there and does it. It's just a matter of like, it's an interest of mine. You know, I just, yeah. I, I hate that my interest is so freaking complex, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> like making film is so hard. It's so challenging. Uh-huh. You take yeah. like the world's best and they even have a hard time. They never nail it, you know, like even yeah, like Ridley Scott easy. and people that have made thousands of things and they still have struggles through the process of it. So, but, yeah, um, but I, I, that's, I, I think like, when you look at that and the, the 10,000 hours, I think what I'm getting at here is when we hit that stride and then now you're going off and in studying business and stuff and you're contributing, like you're, you're adding a new flavor to your artistic perspective and whatever that is, I think it's going to be interesting. What if you're like, you're really interested in like woodworking, for example, you know, or whatever it is, it would be interesting, you know, like, Oh, what's that? You know, or like pottery or something interesting mm-hmm. like that. And then sculpting com- actually seems really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. combining those different arts, you know? Yeah. Could so be really interesting. And what that does for your photography um, would be really interesting. And I think that, we owe it to ourselves as creatives to like get to a point, right? We get to that 10,000 hour um, spot, but then mm-hmm. also um, evolve it into something else and, and try different things because I feel that 
really um the art form really starts to really strive um when you get yeah. past in that in that in that realm i think there's some really mm. awesome things that happen in that realm yeah. personally but yeah it could be just rambling on but yeah <laughs> is there anything that you would like one thing i like to do before we end up the shows now is i like to pass on any kind of advice or tips for anybody that's listening that might have struggles with this a lot of times i think with this podcast is it's it's designed um to share stories and enter, mm-hmm. you know, personal relationship kind of things and conversations mm-hmm. that are honest and raw. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I love giving people is just like any kind of, um, a tip or advice or a piece of something that you've, you've learned over time that you like, if you were to give yourself your past self, some advice, what would that be? And passing that off to the audience would be awesome. If mm-hmm. nothing comes to mind, it's totally fine. But I usually put everybody on the spot at the end of the show. And they're like, oh. <laughs> but if there's something that you can think of, like of recent time, like mm-hmm. you're, you're emo- like, it seems like you've become much more emotionally intelligent in your communication. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, for example, in, in balancing commercial work and personal work rather than, um, trying to working too hard to, to combine it, you know, to, to show your, um, personal style in, in your commercial work and be really stuck to that or wanting to show that your personal work can be commercially viable. Um, I used to have that mindset because I thought um, it's a way to, to prove to myself and kind of um, uh, project it uh, so that clients can potentially see how my works could be used. But I realized in the end, it makes better sense to just really, really divide it and, and push yourself to the extreme ends on both ends. You know, if you're doing commercial work, um, go ahead and allow yourself to be really commercial. Yeah. Right. Like uh, really just do the most perfect job that a client can be happy with. And when you're doing personal work, just completely disregard whether, um, what a client might think. It's like, if it's very out there, very, very different from your main portfolio stuff, but you know, it's, is that that's what's going to set you like further apart from, from everyone else and really, really make you stand out. Right. So, um, just, kind of learning to um, reconcile with yourself that 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 is fine to do right to, to really push yourself in in different directions um, and kind of have two different tracks uh, I, I think that's that would be an advice I would give to my young self awesome no, I love that that's great advice for anybody myself included and everybody else listening too so yeah mm-hmm. no, I really appreciate it I'm just really stoked thank you so much for making that class I've really enjoyed the, going through the process of it um, loving all your recent work, obviously, and I'm excited yeah. to see what you get into. If you ever need any help with any of the video stuff, just let me know. Um, just, oh, thank yeah, you whatever. Much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really loving what you've been ma- making and I'm excited to see, mm-hmm. um, what you decide to get into in your next endeavors, especially when you get into Japan and all that stuff, that's going to be really fun. One of my favorite things is just watching, uh, friends and colleagues grow and seeing what they do. It's, it's always in- inspiring. For me to be like oh cool i need to try oh, this too. yeah yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah evolving it's... so yeah. yeah awesome yeah, yeah well i appreciate Thanks it again yeah yes of course yeah. thank you anytime and i'm wishing you the best and let's definitely keep in touch and that concludes this week's episode big thank yous to jinga for coming on the show and sharing her time with us this week you can find links for the show notes for this week's episode at the collectivepodcast.com slash 173 along with links to our facebook twitter and itunes podcast page have an amazing day, everybody. You know the drill. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific, create some amazing things. Peace out, everyone.